0: Welcome to episode 164 of Beyond the Brick. I'm Joshua Hanlon, And I'm Matthew Kay. And we'd like to thank Brickmania for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the Brick. Check out all of their great products at brickmania.com. We also want to remind you of our really great Kickstarter project we have going for BrickCon in Seattle this year. So we're uh, raising funds to help our uh, fund our coverage of... BrickCon this year we will be releasing over an hour of exclusive video from the event along with some other really great rewards you can get. Uh, Make sure to check that out. I'll put a link in the description to our Kickstarter project. We've also got some really great stretch goals from uh, Jealous Panda and uh, Guy Himber over there with uh, Crazy Bricks. So uh, some really cool stuff for you guys as well. I'll have links to all that in the description. And we're very happy to have joining us on the show tonight Grayson Bates. Uh, You might know him from the new book, Medieval Lego, which just came out recently, which is a really awesome book full of all sorts of interesting history and cool Lego builds, along with the uh, Brick Universe events that he uh, founded. So thanks for joining us, Grayson. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. And if you just want to start off by telling us a little bit about your your history with Lego and how you first kind of got into building in the community.
1: Okay, so... um... My interest in actually medieval history and castle is actually what got me interested in Lego in the beginning. I I was interested in their castle theme. And from there I guess I took steps. I started doing local events and contests and started getting I guess I'd become a better builder and with my with bricks, learning new techniques. Um, so I started it was a process. I went to the brick fairs, local I mean local events as said, and then uh, around the same period as I started Brick Universe, I started Medieval Lego. So it was on the same period, and I started Medieval Lego to teach history in a way that would get uh, younger generation interested in learning. And uh, so I started Medieval Medieval Lego back in April last year. So, and, and so I,
2: it is on the shelves uh, at this time, or in the very near future. It actually
1: is actually on the shelves September thirtieth.
2: September 30th, okay. Very nice. And so I believe we just completely jumped ahead of everything that we were going to talk about over the course of the interview, so I guess we're done now. It was nice uh, talking with you, Grayson. Yeah, thanks. All right, fantastic interview. But so I guess uh, getting back to things, um, when you first realized that you were a very passionate LEGO hobbyist, how did you kind of go from just a guy sitting at a table with some LEGO bricks to... Um, maybe a more advanced builder? Were there specific resources that you were kind of pulling upon or different bodies of knowledge, uh, repositories that you were able to access online?
1: Um, in terms of becoming a better builder, Bricklink uh, helped me a lot because beforehand I was sets and for Christmas birthday and so once I got access to Bricklink I was able to find a whole new resource. I could buy everything I needed at one spot. So that helped me become a better builder, and by becoming a better builder, I had more interest in events, contests, and the sorts.
2: Okay, so it's like kind of a one
0: thing feeds another, mm-hmm. almost.
2: Exactly. Very nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, uh, if you want to talk a little bit, then a little you mentioned earlier the medieval LEGO book. If you want to talk a little bit about that, uh, as far as you know, what kind of content is in there. Uh, were there particular, you know, medieval battles or things like that that you wanted to make sure you hid in there, you know, for people who might not be familiar with the book?
1: So Medieval Lego basically goes over the time the time frame of medieval England, and the reason I started Medieval England is that it's actually the beginning of the English-speaking people. So I thought, when we're teaching history, aren't we to at the beginning? So I chose... Time frame—it's an interesting uh, period. We have you have the kings, castles, your battles, obviously, and we also have hardships such as the um, Great Plague and the Black Death. And so, medieval Lego goes over battles, kings, queens, uh, 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 tragedies like, uh, like the Black Plague. I mean, the Black Death and the Great Plague. Um, so some of the battles is Battle uh, Great Plague, Battle of um, Agincourt. Uh, Battle of Hastings, and some of the kings, you have uh, William the Concord, uh Richard Lion, Richard Lionheart, and um, King John, the first. And so it just goes over, it, gi- it really gives you a perspective of the whole uh, time frame for medieval England.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really awesome. I love how you did that kind of a nice summary of these these major events, you know, like s- some of it a lot of people will have heard of, maybe like Richard the Lionheart and these more well-known characters, but then, you know, some of these battles as well might not might be a little little lesser known to people who haven't studied this time period. So, I love how you've kind of incorporated all those different parts of it as as someone who really enjoys studying history myself. Uh, I love books like this when they come out, you know, other books that I I think of similar to this or if you're familiar with the assassination book, the Lego book that looks at different you know, uh recreates different scenes from lego of uh, presidential assassinations uh, another similar We're historical the yes yeah so uh, i don't know if you're familiar with that book but books like that i get me really excited because it kind of merges i think it's it's really great when you can merge lego with history like that and and create a, an interesting book like you've done here
1: and that's what i trying, trying to merge lego um, with history and, and, then, and they work perfectly together if you know if you see the illustrations it, uh, they're based off paintings, to based on the actual descriptions, and the the amount of Lego bricks, techniques you can have in the main figures, it's almost a perfect combination because you can have the motion, you can have what's going on, and um, it's like they're meant to be history in Lego.
0: Mm-hmm. and Lego. And also, go on ahead, Matthew.
1: Busy.
2: I'm gonna. Um, I remember uh, back in around uh, 2006, uh, Brendan Powell Smith's uh, former portfolio site was full of uh, his uh, wonderful LEGO creations. And one of the one, uh, like he had a lot of like these illustrated kind of stories where he'd have a photo description, photo description. Uh, it was like uh, just kind of like sort of harping on the fact that LEGO is such a reflective medium if photographed yes. in the right light. And so my where I'm kind of going with this is. Uh, you know, the medieval time period was kind of. Uh, we think of dark. We think of like dirty. We think of uh, you know not shiny and plastic. So um, uh, talk about like rendering the medieval time period in uh, Lego, a medium that might not be the best suited to rendering grime, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, le- Well, that's why that's what's so good about it. Lego is showing showing some graphic time time period graphic scenes in a differently way. So it's it's uh, you're showing perhaps the R rated um, scene in a G rated way. What's what's more of a perfect way to teach history.
2: Exactly. So it kinda maybe it uh, maybe it's sort of it's like an artistic liberty it almost takes, right? Yes. It's like a limitation but also a
1: gift at the same time. Yeah. Like um the Battle of Totem in uh, War of the Roses, it was the most one of the most bloodiest battles um in English history. And it's shown in a way that I mean, it's gruesome. It's just mini figures in a snowy scene, and I mean, it, it's the description along with the illustration. You you get you understand the history, but you're not shown our great illustration. A kid-friendly. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Kind of combining, you know, the kid-friendly with the the very much adult-oriented uh, graphic scenes from history. Uh, I'm sure that can be kind of tough as you're working on the book. Were there any scenes that just really didn't work for Lego that you maybe tried to create a build from or something, or you just couldn't really translate well, sexy,
2: perhaps?
1: Um, I personally can't remember fi- having any trouble. Um, now we did. I mean, we had contributors. We had. I think over fifteen uh, legal artists join in, so okay. I had trouble. Me personally, I, I didn't really have trouble. So what I bought most of my uh, illustrations is into paintings. I try to go for brighter to be both moderns and um, old illustrations, so, and it's a combination of them all. Help you get um, some inspiration. You're gonna build. Idiot.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's nice, and you were able to include contributors as well, then, with it. So you got some people to to help out with the builds and everything, get some some
1: different talents involved. Yes, we we had we had we actually had not just Lego artists, we had scholars joining the um, narrations, descriptions of the scenes. So it actually gives it some foundation. We were actually having experts on the, and these are these are guys from Southern California, uh, University of Melbourne uh, in Australia. Uh, University of Edinburgh in Scotland. These are actually people who wrote books, and they're ex- experts on the field. And they're actually given the book descriptions from foundations to real history um, descriptions. And I think we had maybe throughout all the contributors, eight countries over three continents. <laughs> A they true international up. talent pool.
0: Yeah. That's incredible that you were able to, to get all those people involved. So uh, that's really awesome. You wanna remind people one more time when is this gonna be available if people are interested in purchasing it? So it's um it's available for
1: pre right now on Amazon. On, on the bookshelves in Barnes & Noble, uh, Books a Million and I forget the names of the English bookstores, but um I think Waterstones in England. Uh, September thirty.
2: Okay. And so uh, Grayson, um, there is uh, something I am I'm repeatedly told by people that are uh, writing uh, these kind of style of books, a uh, medieval Lego, is that um, what's the point in even having an author because it's someone else's Lego builds and a bunch of scholars, uh, you know, like words, and so you are the guy that kind of puts it together. So uh, I guess in like a, a, as short and concise as you can make it. Uh, what is your value proposition? What, 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 what? Uh, like you put it all together, or we'll talk about that kind of process of collaboration, building this sort of network of people to
1: kind of come together and make this cohesive book. Yep. Um, so when you're having a huge collaboration like this, you need one one person to make sure the story flows. You can't just go from one. Uh, you can't have constrictions on one scene because some of these battles will include um, some of the king's direction book. So you need someone to make sure that the story flows is all correct. You need someone to make sure that the uh, building standard, the illustrations are all one standard, and that is the perfect standard because it's a print book. So you need someone to make sure that the standard. You need to bring everyone together, as well, and you need to make sure that the story flow. So I mean, it's not just one-off event. Each time frame frame um, is together, and all the, with all the topics. So you need, you need one person to go over everyone. So
2: you are you are you were the project
1: manager, like glorified manager. That could be a good term.
2: That's a fantastic term. So, like, um, I just from whatever project management experience I have, kind of you know, sort of juvenile experience, not not much, but uh, were there a little bit of Excel spreadsheets involved with you know uh, planning out like resource allocation over a time period, stuff like that? You could say
1: there was there were a lot of documents we had to go over a lot of. uh, uh, collaboration uh, we used with all the email
2: okay.
1: over, I mean, I said eight, eight countries and three continents. Three continents. Absolute ridiculousness.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's awesome that you were able to co- coordinate all that, too, so... Uh, I'll make sure to include a link in the description to to the pre-order for Amazon, and then, like you mentioned, uh, at the end of September here is when it will be released to to bookstores and places like that. So, definitely looking forward to... uh, I'm sure I'll be picking up a copy of this at some point, so it should be be a really interesting book. Do you have any more plans to do any more, uh, maybe historical time periods with Lego like this? Yes,
1: yes, there are more plans for future books. I can't quite tell you exactly right now, it's kind of a secret, but there are plans
2: very nice very nice well you know we're always open to having exclusive information being released here on uh, this lovely lovely podcast that we have so if you ever feel
0: open, feel free to just release your exclusive information whenever yeah. you whenever you want absolutely <laughs> So then I guess moving on to, to something I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Brick Universe, and you're, you're involved with founding that. So if you want to talk about kind of the history of that, maybe what inspired you to, to found that. Okay, so I...
1: Probably my first event was probably Brick in, in And I just love the Lego fan convention experience. I, I just love the aspect of it. And... I've heard this phrase used a lot, but when I was in Raleigh, I was, and I went, I was seeing, hey, there's a convention going on in Raleigh, because, I mean, Raleigh's a perfect place to have one, the, the, the public's perfect. and it's in a central location. At first, I was like, well, well is there a convention going on? And it was no, because at the time, there was a retired convention, and so, um, just why not do it yourself? It was the same with medieval Lego. If, if it's not there... Why don't you start yourself? So I got family and friends together and we got the Raleigh Convention Center. And the reason we got the Raleigh Convention Center is we wanted to have a city park event and uh, a of cool event. So we chose the most, uh, I think Matthew would tell you, a very quality venue at the Raleigh Convention Center in downtown Raleigh. It's
2: okay, I guess, being from the metropolitan area. I uh, might have a slightly biased opinion, but yes, the Raleigh Convention Center is a rather wonderful event space, and you were very, very wise to select it to be the location of your event, Grayson. So yes. Yes, yes. And so um, I guess um, I know maybe a lot of people out there have thought, hey, uh, maybe I could just run an event. Um, How did you go from a guy in the shower... Washing uh, your hair, thinking about a Lego convention, to a guy that actually did run a Lego convention. Uh, what was the first step. Did you like? Well, where do I host it? Convention Center, in Raleigh. I'm gonna set up a meeting with the guy at the Raleigh Convention Center, and we're gonna talk about. what look do
1: your background research. You do background research. Background research. Make sure that I mean, if it's not going on because I mean that's one thing we wanted to make sure, because we want. On anyone's toes. I mean, so we make sure, and that's something we still do when we're picking dates. Is you don't want to have an event same time period, same time, same weekend as another event. You don't want to make people pick and choose. So that was one of the biggest steps. And then, as like you say, mm-hmm. look at venues and what's the best venue. And so it's, it's just the whole process like that, dates, venue, when you start.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that is that is so you kind of the the behind the scenes stuff that you've got to go through when setting up an event. I'm sure a lot of people don't think of that. They show up to a Lego convention, see everything set up, and they don't know you know the the many hours of behind the scenes work. I'm sure you put into it before that.
1: Has been a grenade like, and, and conferences before, not conventions. So I mean, it's a, it is a different ballpark, but at the same time, it is an event. So it's event management. So we have. That. So
0: Seriously. after after you found a, a venue, you know where you were going to hold the convention. What were some of the next steps after that, as far as maybe you know finding uh, you know builders or letting people know that you were starting it? How did that work?
1: Uh, it's a lot of personal uh, contact, email, and it's also getting their word out there. And that, in the first uh, first period, we were make sure make sure we were in every Lego um, news website. Uh, and I think we we had a pretty good amount. Of just getting the word out to exhibitors and vendors was the first step.
2: And before I uh, well, I guess there really were no rumors because uh, it you kind of more or less just came out of nowhere and it was like oh what event. Uh, so there I just noticed there were a lot of blogs like you, every blog in the Lego community. That matters, I guess. But basically, posted about the event. So was that people, worth having them post?
1: I know that it? a lot of people. I know a lot of people get upset. It's like, oh, I didn't know this was going on. Why didn't I know? So, I mean, that, that was something we did strive for to make sure we were in the loop with Lego fan, Lego news websites.
2: Yeah, because I mean, it really did just kind of come out, of, and then suddenly it was just on all these websites. So, like, w- was it worth having it on all those websites? Did you kind of notice a lot of? Uh, people getting, oh, well, I saw it on, and that's why I, or mm-hmm. not really. That,
1: that did help a lot. That did. And especially for a first-time event, as you said, coming out of nowhere, that having all those news websites was a great help, and we, we appreciate their support. But,
0: of course, but, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, taking advantage of, you know, kind of using the, the community out there to to help spread the word about a project can be, can be really nice, so... Uh, that, that, I'm sure that definitely helps. So that your first event, when was the first uh, Brick Universe held?
1: So it was March um, 26th and 29th, and it was 28th and 29th, which is public days.
0: Okay, so that was what was the, the first event then like for you? I'm sure, you know, being the first one, there might have been some things you would have changed and stuff like that, but what, what were your overall thoughts on that?
1: I thought it went very smoothly. I think it was perhaps better than I first expected. Um, in terms of how he, how uh, smooth everything went um like and that, that has contributed to some of our um early on planning and make sure everything was step by step going in place i think um our space was uh, filled quite nicely uh, in terms of what we have in the space and i thought it went pretty good i mean there's always a few things that you can work on and improve i mean if you know, our next event is in Dallas in november um 13th, 15th, then, I mean, we're looking now, it's like, hey, we, this could be done in Raleigh, and let's, let's make, make some changes in Dallas. So there's always some things you can improve on.
2: For, for instance, uh, I, this in Raleigh, there were quite a few Bionicle creations, and by quite a few, I mean like 200 linear feet of Bionicle creations, which is awesome, but, uh, you know, a train layout was notably absent. Will there be a train layout in Dallas? Well, first, I love
1: Bionico. I'm not a Bionicle donut. I'm, well, I'm
2: not dissing at all. It's just like when you have too many donuts and you want to puke, and donuts are awesome, but, like, too much Bionicle is just too much Bionicle, just like too much donuts is too much donuts.
1: Okay, but, I mean, I, we we always enjoy the bionico. I of mean, it, I, like, I like the intricate, intri- uh, intricate pieces and what they do, but uh, to answer your question, yes, there'll be a train display. Actually, okay. a couple of train displays in Dallas. So oh
2: shit! All the train displays, awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, who will be? Do you have kind of some builders you can mention right now that will be involved? Maybe the people doing the train display, or some of the local groups and lugs down in uh, the Dallas area.
1: So in Raleigh, we had a Lego artist, Jonathan Lopes, which I believe you interviewed before. Of course. Um, he's going to come down to Dallas, and he's going to have a, a art gallery there, a on, on live on the show floor. And we're going to have the local Dallas-Fort Worth Lego user group, which is, uh, I guess, a chapter of the um, uh, Texas Lego user group. And so they're bringing a uh, group collaboration as well as members bringing all sorts of displays. I think there's uh, um, an 8 by uh, I want to say four, 8 by 4 Hobbit Town display, an 8 by 4, I think, Pearl Harbor display. And then we have uh, San Antonio Lego user group and they're going to bring uh, uh, I believe it was. It's a working uh, carnival amusement park. Really? So, and there's yeah. there's there, there's going to be some train displays in there. With, I I believe the Dallas Fort Worth Lego user group is bringing one. A uh, guy from San Antonio is bringing one, and I think another guy from Dallas is bringing a train display. And I think so it's like ten by lot ten lot and twenty by twenty.
2: That's 20. a lot of Plus. stuff to look at. Yeah. And so uh, another point I I think that might be worth discussing, um, and this is something I've kind of maybe uh, conversed with a lot of people about in uh, relation to Brick Universe Dallas, is that uh, the East Coast, specifically the Mid-Atlantic region, uh, presently seems to be supporting a very large ecosystem of sort of Lego vendors because of the Brick Fair events, uh, Thou Shall Not Which Be Named, the Brick Fest Live events, and uh, other events in the area. Um, But Dallas is kind of removed from this sort of bubble that exists on the East Coast right now. So have you had any difficulty getting LEGO vendors to kind of agree to come to the Dallas event, or has that not really been an
1: issue? I mean, there's probably one or two that's been an issue, but um, I think they were very happy for a show in Raleigh, so they saw what we did in Raleigh. And Dallas is, for them... A bigger market, so um, we had a. It was, I would say, it was relatively easy to bring them down, because you're right. There is a bubble in the East Coast, and there's actually a bubble on the West Coast as well, but and there's like maybe three or four Dallas, not Dallas, Texas, vendors as well. So I think it was relatively easy, I would say, to bring the East Coast after they saw what we did in Raleigh. It was it was pretty easy to sure. And you
2: have a track record after a successful event in Raleigh, so. You're not an unknown. That's always a good thing.
0: Yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. totally. So for people who aren't familiar maybe with the conventions, you want to go over some of the events or games, things like that, that will be taking place at the convention that people can maybe look forward to if they're attending?
1: Okay, so just like uh, many LEGO fan conventions, there's two sizes. The um, adult, fan, adult fan and teenage fan of LEGO... Um, Basically, we'll call it a conference, and then there's the public. In the um, dot Fan Teenage Fan Conference, um, we're having games. Your, You know, you have your, your speed build, your team speed build, your combo build. We're having an architecture build with like thousands of th- upon thousands of white bricks. So we're going to have uh, uh, people, uh, attendees, have a contest with each other, and we're obviously going to give a prize. And then we have seminars. We, I would say we're bringing Jonathan Lopes, bringing and a couple of other artists. And we're bringing in like a former master builder, and they're gonna give seminars on what they do, how you can become a better builder, some inside the community, and uh, probably most importantly, we're having Matthew come down yep. along with um, yep. Andrew both out. Yes, yes, Andrew and Matthew will be at
2: Brick
0: Universe Dallas. So
1: make sure I'll you have a good time. The
0: most That's essential a, part, I think.
2: Completely transparent, and I will be there. Yes, uh, I will be. Perhaps giving some presentations. Maybe not. I mean, oh yes, I will be giving some presentations. Yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna. We're just gonna come out. Yeah, he will be giving a presentation. <laughs> So your draw, Grayson, is the talent. You have Jonathan Lopes, you have uh, some really uh, talented and respected builders, and some um, a- annoying uh, LEGO podcast hosts like Matthew, and uh, an amazing guy named Andrew, who like, basically runs BZ Power, for lack of a better term. Uh, we, we
1: like to focus on quality instead of quantity, but um, I think Dallas will actually going to have a, a good about amount of both. So. Totally. I, I think
2: Raleigh had a nice assortment of people. Maybe it was not as big as uh, some of the more uh, senior shows, shows that have been running for a long time, but for a first year event it was absolutely fantastic and, and hopefully well, down start. Start. build amongst that momentum you started in Raleigh and get some more people on board and all that good stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely.
0: Do you have any uh, other locations in mind right now? I'm sure there's, there's some place you might be looking into that you don't want to mention, but uh, are there any that
1: you've announced besides Dallas and Raleigh right now? In t- terms of announce, no, and well, I think I try to make it clear um, from the start is we're not trying to go on a tour, um, we're not trying to go to as many places as we can, we'll, we'll, we're trying to actually just fill the void, you know, if there's if this experience is not in a city or a region, um, yeah, we're going to look into that, and the, and the public experiences in there as well, we're going to look into that. But we're not trying to hit every place as we can. So, there, no, there's no, there's not announced. And you have a
2: uh, personal familial connection to Dallas, am I correct?
1: You are. Uh, most of our family are actually from Dallas. So, we, I mean, we have grandparents and everyone. We're, it's just basically our, our immediate family over on the East Coast. Totally.
0: Okay, so that's nice. You're able to kind of, you know, go to locations it where is. you've got some some former connections with family and stuff. Definitely. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really awesome. And uh, if you want to mention again, when when are the the dates for uh, the Brick Universe Dallas event, and maybe where the best
1: place for people to check that out if they're interested in attending? So it, it's um, brickuniverse.org/slash uh, Dallas, and if you're in, that uh, is November 13th. The, 15th. Um, and public days are 14th and 15th. And if you're interested in the of um, LEGO conference, there's on the top right corner of uh, prickanevers.org slash Dallas, there's a link to the all the uh, adult fan, teenage fan info for the show.
0: Okay. Sounds good. So I'll make sure to put a link to that in the description as well if you want to check that out. I'm sure there'll be uh, lots of fun there. If, you, if you're in the, the Dallas area or in, the, in that general area and you can make it to the show, I'm sure you'd be more than welcome. So, uh, Grayson, will you have any builds on display there yourself? Any any of your mocks there?
1: I will. I will actually have um, a medieval Lego for the book display with perhaps some models from the book as well as some larger models to kind of illustrate what the book's all about. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. So yeah, so you you'll even have some stuff on display yourself. So uh, not only do you run the event, you know, you've got your builds there as well, so people can see some of your your building talent on display, uh, not just your event coordinating talent.
1: <laughs> Definitely. So,
0: and so Grayson, uh,
2: I, I believe we haven't really kind of uh, harped on this too much uh, thus far. Uh, however, I kind of would like to acknowledge it, sort of as we come to uh, a little bit of a conclusion here. Uh, how old are you uh, right now?
1: I'm 15, 15 at the moment. So,
2: you are 15 years old. You have already ran your first LEGO convention. You have a book uh, on store shelves here shortly. And uh, I believe, uh, what, what is your current level in uh, the world of education?
1: I'm in my third year. Third
2: year. Of, of high school? You, university. University? university. Right. So, um, for any other, like, sort of... I, I know if I was a 14-year-old, I would maybe want to hear what you have to say that maybe has helped you do whatever you've done. Uh, like if I was 14 years old and listening to this podcast, how could I be you in a year? Uh, well, give me give a couple pointers. Like, well, what, what's your, what's the secret sauce? Do you wear special underwear? Uh, that's hard work
1: and dedication. Hard work, hard work and, dedication.
0: and dedication. Okay, I think that's the you know the best answer. You know the, the kind of the classic answer there, but it's classic because it's true. You know you gotta <laughs> put in put in a lot of hard work, and that that definitely helps. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that is really awesome that you've uh, already accomplished so much here. So, you know, everything we've talked about on the show so far, and, uh, you know, only 15 years old, that's really cool. So uh, I'm glad we are able to, to get this chance to talk with you.
1: Yeah, but you had to give some credit to my parents. I mean, they've helped me along the way and made sure I had the opportunities to go where I am.
2: Like so, legally think, signing contracts for you since you're not 18, of course? So
1: like, I think I think you met both of them, Gail and Angela. Yeah, Matthew. yeah. I do. Totally, totally. So, yeah, I
2: mean, you know, but uh, I guess your parents can't really do everything for you, so, you know, you you kind of, you have, uh, boom, 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 you know. Everything's, uh, ducks in a row or something like that. Very, very, uh, I guess uh, the word would be inspirational.
1: It's the only way to... to yeah. Consider. But it is It is nice to have that support behind you. totally. Totally and God acknowledged the support of
2: the parents, we wouldn't be nowhere, literally nowhere, without our parents. All of us, at some level. And some of us are at different levels based on, you know, uh, what our parents did after they left the operating room, or, uh, you know, something like that. So. That's uh, oh, very great, true, Matthew. Matthew. A lot of accomplishments, I-, I must say. So, good stuff, and uh, I really I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. I- I'm sure it's very bright.
1: Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: For sure. So it was, it was really great uh, you jo- you joined us on the show tonight. Great talking with you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And I'll, like I mentioned throughout the show, I'll put links in the description to uh, you know the Brick Universe website where you can pick up Medieval Lego and all the other uh, things we talked about like that. So uh, you can just check in the description for all those links and find that really easily if you want to check that stuff out. So we appreciate everyone watching out there and we will see you soon.